always got on them. But we we knew laughter was a, a form of, you know, bonding. Bonding. But you know what? It does heal when you lose. Like, ah, oh, you know, you guys, we suck today. And they're like, yeah, we know that, coach. You know what? You know what? And then you just start, you, you come up with something, you start making them laugh, and then they're like, you know, Larry Willard, every time he was with us, you know, being, being on the team, he was a local boy. You know, he's like, Coach, I know we can't watch any videos after we lose on the ride home, but, you know, can we watch The Simpsons? And so we watched The Simpsons all the way home. I'm like, yeah, let's do that, you know, because it wasn't a movie, you know. So he's being, So I'm like, yeah, maybe we can get around this. And the kids felt like they gained something. You know, hey, we got one over on the coaches. We knew what they were doing. We're not like, oh, yeah, hey, we're dumb as, you know, bricks here. But you know what? It starts forming a bond. And if you can laugh at each other, with each other, at yourself, you know, that's what we do. That's what, you know, Dyer and I do with St. Francis. We're always on each other. We play good cop, good cop, bad cop, bad cop, good cop, bad cop, no cop. Oh, Mike's not here today, so let's just all have fun and play. All parents aren't here. Let's play games. Let's play tag. And then all the kids are like, yeah. Oh, we see parents. Now back to practice, you know. <laughs> and then the kids are like, oh, yeah. And you know, but you know what? We know what we know. But if they're not having fun, and, and I had fun playing. When I played, I had so much fun. I worked my tail off. It was hard. It hurt. It was sore. I was broken. But I had experience of a lifetime that I, I can never explain. And I want that for other kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, my one, there's a bunch of stories with that junior team. I remember we were driving back from Cleveland, and our bus driver was on an oxygen. I remember his name was Bob. Do you remember oh, him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had yeah. an oxygen to keep him alive. Yep. And he's driving down the road, and he didn't have his oxygen, and we're veering off to the middle lane. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and Laura Kinsella yeah. and Brian were sitting, they always sit, Either she sat in front of him or next to him, and I always sat by myself. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking. I'm like, we're going to hit a car. And Laura's like, I know. And I'm like, so we just missed a car. And I'm like, Bob, you got your oxygen on? Oh, yeah, I just took off right, and he puts it back on. I'm like, out of all the bus drivers in the world, you got a hockey team. We are going to be in a front-covered USA today because (laughs) this is going to crash. This is going to be ugly. I mean, I could see it. We're going – 50 miles an hour, whatever, 70 miles an hour, we're going to hit something. So I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, there's a trucker that goes in our lane. We're in his lane, and we both clip mirrors, and our mirror gets ripped <laughs> off the bus, and sparks are flying everywhere, and Bob goes, what was that? <laughs> it happened right by your head, your mirror right by you. Didn't you see it? I go, you just hit that truck. No, I didn't. I go, you guys just clipped each other's mirror. Ah, just kept on going. <laughs> I mean, it's hitting the glass all the way down. Sparks are flying everywhere. And he's like, what was that? What was that? I'm like, hmm. So I'm telling these stories that hopefully parents don't understand that. It, this is not normal. It doesn't really yeah. happen all the time. Well, well uh, it, it, I, I think probably my baptism into uh, – Hanging out, having a couple pops, and laughing with other coaches too yeah. was it was you, Kinsey, mm-hmm. me. Uh, we were in Grand Rapids. Flags. Got yep, and yep. Sat, had a pop with flags, and got introduced to the guy who probably scarred me more than most. 
and that was Jeff Lang. Yep. Langer, Langer. Langer was, to, to me, to this day, I can't decide between him and Jack out of St. Louis, Jack Behan, were the funniest yep. human beings on, in hockey, hands down. They, I mean, Langer had, I mean, I think I did pee my pants a couple yeah, times. Yeah, Langer is a good guy. So he, is Flags. Yeah, Flags is great. Flags is great, but he was more business. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, I was going to say, Flags was went away from the rink. Flags is probably one of the greatest guys you ever run yeah. into. But at the rink, oh, my God, you, you had to have law enforcement stand by. On standby. Yeah, he was, he was psychotic. Yeah, he was he was crazy. Yep. Nuts. Yep. Okay. Uh, but uh, Langer, oh, my God, Langer was just absolutely, I mean, I had to leave. I remember one time I had to leave the room because my ribs hurt. Yeah. I was laughing so hard that my ribs hurt. Yeah, and, I think we were in, weren't we in their office? Yes. I remember that now. Yes. Yes, and and we just absolutely. I mean, Langer was. Just it was on before a game, wasn't it? No, it was after. Oh, the it was game. after the game. Yeah, we were. Get, we hadn't done. You guys, you and uh, Kizzy hadn't done bed checks yet. Yeah. So we were. We just thought we'd have a pop and you know hang out for a little bit and then go. And we ended up. Oh my God! Like I said, we just ended up staying there, and it was just like, oh, I was in tears. I was laughing so hard because <laughs> Langer, Langer just had just this crazy view of everything right and uh on the ice and off he was just he was just like i said hysterical and his you because he not only not just from the you know coaching with the owls but all the scouting he did yep. and everything and looking at kids for the other team for the next level uh trying to move kids and stuff. i mean his view of them and also you know referees whatever I mean, he, like I said, to this day, I'm going to have him do a podcast with me up on here because this isn't good. This is a primarily Cherokee, but I'm going to have, I want to have different guys come on here from that were opposition. Right. And I want Langer's one of them. Jack will be another. And, uh, and Jack, oh my God. <laughs> with That's probably one of my more primo memories with you was we were at Herster Cup. And I believe it wasn't it in Peoria. Yeah, we were in Peoria, Eric Eric Brown's bar yep. restaurant. Yeah, he owned the he owned the Mustangs at that yep. time, Peoria Mustangs. Yeah. And uh, I talked to him him once in a while. Yeah. He uh, uh, and uh, Jack, uh, we were, we're uh, he invited everybody that was at Herster Cup, all the teams, to come to the bar. Right. And uh, so we had because we all were weren't we all at the same hotel? Well, like we were, it was us, St. Louis, Peoria was not because it was in their hometown. Yeah. But they met us there, their hospitality, some of their parents came out. But it was us, St. Louis, were the only only three teams that were together that night. The fourth team was there, but they, were, they weren't staying at our hotel. Now, was that the, that wasn't the year that uh, they had a, a junior C team there, was it? No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, so, that, no, that, that came later me. then because uh, it was – yeah, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But we had uh, – I'm trying to remember, who was the fourth team? I don't know. They lost. That's all I remember. We it wasn't Motor them. City, was it? No, it wasn't Motor City. We beat them. Okay. Um, I, I think – oh, I think it was Chicago. Oh, okay. I think it was Dick Glass and then Dick Glass, you know, he owns – Jim Powerhouse, Jim, Jim like Powerhouse. That. Yeah. yeah. Guy was ripped. Yeah. And uh, him and Mark Hammersmith. Hammersmith. That's right. Hammer. 
Oh my god, what a goofball! That guy was so funny. Oh yeah, I love I loved Hammer. I mean, we would. I can remember like cops were being called uh, in, in, uh, from games because fights would break out in the stands. Yep. I mean, it got so bad. Yep. And yet, after we were done and calling each other every name there is to call somebody, we'd see each other in the hallway as we're heading out toward the bus, and he's walking out towards his park, his car, and we'd see each other and hug each other and say, "Hey, good to see you, man. Yep. Good to see you." you know? It's like, meanwhile, you know, it's like, you know, 45 minutes ago. You know, law enforcement's out there and everything, and you're just like, it's like they don't what? like each other. They don't wear your jersey. Yeah, and I mean, it was just it goes bitter both hatred. ways. Yeah, it was bitter. I hatred. don't like you. You don't like me. After the game, we all loved each other. Yep. All good. Yep, it was. But hilarious. that's 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 where the game was. You know, yeah. that's professional. You got in a fight. You bought the guy. Whoever won bought the guy that lost the beer. That's how you know who won the fight. Doesn't matter what the media said or what your team say. Yeah, the two guys know head to head. And now, now, nowadays, it's not the case, but whatever. But uh, so in, we were in Peoria, though, and it was our bus. Yeah. Crazy Carl was the bus driver. He was the only bus driver I know that got kicked out of two consecutive games for yelling at the refs and didn't know anything about hockey. <laughs> he knew nothing of hockey. He got kicked out of two games because he's telling the refs where to go and they don't know what they're doing. And then I asked him, I go, do you know hockey? Nope. First time I ever seen hockey was these games. Never yep. saw hockey. Yep, he bus drove for like I think a couple of girls softball teams and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, and then and then and then the, what made it even better was he would try to go into the locker room. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Bunch of misfits as coaches. <laughs> and he would, uh, yeah, he would. He'd try to get you fired up, and and it, well. It was something. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that whole night at the Hersher Cup when we went to Brownie's restaurant. We're sitting there, and uh, all of us coaches, assistant coaches, I mean, it was all of us coaches, GMs and everybody, we're all sitting there. We had, like, this couple tables together, and they had, like, this um, salad bar, little, little more than a salad bar in the middle, and then you got your food, and then there's, like, this little dance area, and then there's, like, the outside or whatever where you come in the entranceway, I should mm-hmm. say. So we're kind of in the back, and, it, and we have the whole place to ourselves. So it's all these hockey people and, you know, meeting some uh, St. Louis moms that were there without their husbands, and there's a couple of them that were, you know, on the uh, – um, you know, risque wearing outfits that they could pull off, if, they, if you know what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, you know, but their parents, you know, whatever, they weren't really sitting by us or anything. And and uh, I remember Jack saying, yeah, these are, you know, our parents. And, you know, Peoria had their parents. We had some of our parents. And not to say that, you know, they were better than ours, because that's not what I'm saying. But there was a gentleman that went up to these um, uh, St. Louis parents, moms, and uh, started to flirt, and they're like, get away. And one thing led to another, you know. The women were feeling violated. Well, Flags and Lunar, and I didn't know anything about it because Kinsey and I are telling jokes. We're making everybody laugh and everything. And lo and behold, within 10 seconds, it was a a brawl. I mean, it was a war. And uh, I remember I went outside, and this I see this this is this is it. 
I walk outside because I knew the fight. I knew Lunar and Flags were out there, and I knew, you know, Lunar being with the Edmonton Oilers, he was pretty much a fighter there. That's why he was in the NHL. And mm-hmm. Flags is like six five, six four, six six, whatever. I mean, he just he's, he's a mountain of muscle. And uh, so I go out there. You know, I'm six foot, and I'm the smallest guy out there. And I'm probably all the wiry was. And I'm like, what's going on, you know? And I see Lunar holding this guy down, going, okay, okay. On the count of three, I'm going to let you get up, and we're done fighting. All right? I got these new white, granted, we're hockey players, so he's got a white white, um, suit on to be Uh funny. You know, can't wear white winter, plus he's hockey. He goes, I'm going to tell you something. If I if I let you up on the count of three, and you try something, you get something on my suit, you're a dead man. And that guy goes, okay, 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 because you just he just knocked him out basically. I mean, Lunar's a big boy, and he was a fighter. I mean, he born and bred fighting his whole life. So he goes, okay, one, two, three, and let's go. The guy and the guy swings and hits him. We got like all this snow sludge on his suit. Oh boy, Lunar went ballistic. Yep. That's the part of the story people don't know. And he pounded this guy. And all he kept saying after every punch, got my suit dirty, bam. I got my suit dirty, bam. Got suit dirty, bam. Got suit. <laughs> he wasn't even mad about getting hit. He was mad that his suit was getting dirty. And Flags is over there, and he just wrangled this guy and snapped his ankle. I mean, just blew this guy's ankle right out. Ended up being the mayor's son. Oh, so boy. we come back in, and all I see is the, the, the salad bar. Is cleared off. I got Jack being the head coach for St. Louis laying there getting stitches put in because Doc's there putting stitches in because he's a dentist, but he knows how to do stitches. So he's putting <laughs> stitches in. Everybody's trying to be somebody else. Kinsey's over there, Mr. International again, going, you know, making jokes of everything, going, oh, you know what? Like Kinsey says, you know, I can't punch. But my stick will kill you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's what he would always say. He goes, "You might beat me up, but my stick's gonna kill you." And so, so he goes, "Yeah, you know." And and it, it just got all heated in there. And like I said, you were inside, but I I would I ended up going outside with that. But Lunar, it was the funniest thing. So everybody gets all done. I know we get in the we get in the bus. I'm missing some of the story too, but we get on the bus. And this guy is limping over with a broken ankle, ended up being the mayor's son, pounding on the bus. And Carl's over there. This is a federal bus, a federal offense. You can't touch this bus. And the guy sticks his arm out and he goes, I'm telling you what, you better get your arm out. I'm going to take off. Next thing you know, he takes off with the guy running with a broken ankle. With his hand through the door. The hands through the door. Trying to keep up with it, and Carl's gunning it. Now, I know a bus is going to zero to 60 in about an hour, but still, the guy has a broken ankle. Like, it's not even, it's it's like just wiggling back and forth. That's how busted it is. I don't know what was holding it on, probably skin. Didn't, didn't Carl have a knife, too? Yeah, he had a knife. He wanted to stab him. As he's driving down the road, he's trying to stab this guy, and then we're sitting there with St. Louis parents. Toledo parents, Peoria parents, and Chicago parents, and coaching staff all on this bus because we're trying to have this meeting. And this is still going on. Oh, and here, no one knew how the fight started. And then, uh, you know, uh, Peoria said, yeah, they're hitting on St. Louis uh, parents. And we told them to knock it off, not knock it off. And then but that's what it was. It was Grand Rapids. It wasn't Chicago because Flags was there. Yeah. So it was Grand Rapids, us, St. Louis, Peoria. Okay. Those are the final four. Yeah, okay. 
so then we're sitting there and uh, um, uh, um, they were talking about, you know, the women were getting hit on and they're, you know, fancy dressed or whatever. And I was like, yeah, but you don't go hit on them. And I couldn't understand that. And that was just, it, it really worked in the brotherhood of hockey that it didn't matter if you're, whoever you played for, you always had somebody on your, you know, on your side, got your back kind of thing. Because we all defended the St. Louis parents, the moms. You know, they weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. No matter what they look like or what they're doing, you still don't treat women that way. I was going to say, well, we took they, care if, they of say, if they say no, that means no. Yeah, well, we had to make sure they knew what no meant. So then we had to go to court for this. So we go to this court. We get all flown back. We all drive. Actually, Kinsey and I, well, no. I had to go by myself because Kinsey wasn't in the altercation. So I got to go to court. Flags, Lunar, and I are in court. And we're sitting there because Jack didn't have to go. I don't think Jack went because I don't know how he got stitches. Did somebody stab him or something? I don't remember what happened. Or somebody fought. I know they were fighting inside, but the fight was outside where I was. Yeah. All I know is that he had, uh, I don't know if he got hit with something. But he had, all I know is that he ended up on the on the table in the back in the kitchen. On the and we salad. didn't even get to eat yet. No. We didn't get to eat. No. We had to go somewhere else to go get yep. something to eat. <laughs> and so I see him getting stitched, and we're back there cracking jokes while he's getting stitched. Yeah. I went back there to yeah. check on Jack. And him and me and Doc, Runko, and uh, I can't remember who else was back there. There was a bunch of us that were walking. They're walking around just cracking jokes, ripping on them, making fun of them. Uh, saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, order up, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, while he's back there, you know, and, uh, but, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what else. I remember um, when they were coming towards the bus. I remember when they were coming towards the bus, Lunar, Kevin Loon, for those of you that don't know, he was uh, coaching Peoria back then, the Mustangs, and Lunar would, uh, I, he grabbed he grabbed one of the guys and uh, said, you want some more? And the guy said, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. It was uh, the guy that Flags fought. He's right. the one that got through and right. went to the bus. Right. But, but I saw, I was there when Lunar uh, stopped the other guy yeah. and was going to, he said, you know, he was, I'll, I'll paraphrase and just said, he said, I'll feed you some more. And uh, and he, he called, he's like, no, man, I'm good, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And didn't do any, you know, he didn't do any, but like the other guy did. The other guy, I just remember seeing yeah, he him. Yeah, came around and swung. I remember he yep. swung at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And I was then, just on the bus then and saw it. And then, uh, of course, the I still don't know how he got his hand through when the, do- the door closed and he was able to punch through. Yeah. But he did. But then I remember seeing Carl. Uh, Carl grabbed his knife and pulled his knife out. And I remember you going, no, Carl, no, no, man, yeah. no. And, and Carl, Carl was like, you know. I'm going to get this blankety-blankety-blank, you know, and, and, and stuff. And I, I mean, now I just it, I can't say it without thinking, smiling, and laughing. But back then, it was like, oh, boy. You know, it was like, holy crap. So we uh, – but, yeah, he got uh, – He, I mean, he was trying to drive with one hand and one foot and reaching across over, right. not really paying attention to his driving. Oh, no, we were all over the road. Yeah. This and is like was, a Blues Brothers movie. It was just, I mean, and he's over there getting ready to try and stab this guy in the hand. We are in all four lanes. It was. Oh, yeah, driving crazy. down the road 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. It was a beautiful hour. thing. 
But but anyways, I, we went to court on that. Yeah. I got called in. I got summons to go to court. So we're sitting there, Eric Brown. They, they were trying to sue Eric, uh, the establishment. So Eric, we were witnesses. So Lunar Flags and I, I think uh, Flags and I drove together. So we're sitting there. Actually, we did drive together. So we're telling, we, we got this whole story made up that, you know, what, what happened, you know, make sure that, you know, because they threw the first punch. They, they, they went after the woman. So we knew we, we were safe there. Then we're thinking we're getting arrested. I mean, because when you have six hours, eight hours to drive, you, you know, you went from, oh, nothing's going to happen to, oh, my God, it's going to be a $1,000 fine. We're going to jail for life. You know, you just start thinking all this stuff. And then you believe in each other. And we're just like, man. So we get, we get to the courthouse. And the lawyer's like talking to us, hey, what happened? We told him, and he's like, okay, okay. So he goes, I'm going to just say you guys uh, you guys are bouncers, and you work for the establishment. And we're like, okay. So that was uh, that was the only story we knew what we were going to do to go in. So I'm on the stands first, and the, they, the first question is, uh, how do you know, why were you in this establishment? I go, oh, you know, we are there for the hockey thing, and. And, uh, you know, on my off time, I help, you know, you know, control, you know, bounce or whatever for, you know, Mr. Brown. They go, well, do you have a paycheck from Mr. Brown? Never get a paycheck from Mr. Brown. And I knew I couldn't say I got paid under the table because then that would get him in trouble, which, you know, I never worked for the guy. And I went, no, I just do a volunteer. I go, I'm wealthy enough or I don't need money. I just want to get out of the house. And the guy goes, the, the judge looked at me and he goes, why are you even here? And I go, I don't know. You guys summons me. And he goes, next. <laughs> that was it. I wasn't even wealthy or anything. I wasn't even rich. I just, this is the only thing I could think of on the stands. I was telling the truth, the whole truth, and lying through my, you know, behind. Because I didn't want, I didn't want Brownie to get in trouble, yeah. you know. And I was, you know, we were sticking up for, it was funny. All of the teams were there, except for the teams that, you know, the St. Louis people didn't have to be there. But all of us had to be. So then I remember Flags, he gets up there and he goes, yeah, I'm same as him. And then they go to Lunar and they didn't even get Lunar on the stand. <laughs> so then we had to drive home. We we drove 18 hours or whatever for two minutes of court, five minutes of talking to this lawyer, and I made something up. And we just stuck with that. Oh that, was that was it. That was it. I was just sitting there going, uh-huh, yep. Oh, my God. The day in the life of a coach. Oh, my God. That I mean, I have so many of these stories. That just, well, I want to hear a few. I, rem- I remember driving on the bus. We're going up to go play uh, Motor City. We're out going driving up 75 down, uh, oh, we were right by Woodhaven, that Ford plant there. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a CB. You know, the busers have CB, and they said, warning, low plane looking to land. And we're sitting there, and the bus driver goes, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a plane that's gonna be landing on 75." Lo and behold, it just missed the top of our bus and landed right behind us. Oh my god! We almost got hit by a plane. Literally, a bus on 75. We almost got hit by a plane, and it was a, it wasn't like a you know 747. It was one of those like crop dusters or twin. I'm not a I'm not a plane guy, so don't. Mm call in and but it's a say, smaller it's a smaller bus. yeah it was a smaller plane but i mean we almost got hit by a plane <laughs> i've never never been in that situation driving on an expressway almost getting hit by a plane head on and it came out of nowhere because we're all looking i mean the whole bus was looking were you with us on that no i don't think i was no. because i remember I kinsey up. and i he goes, you know and, and kinsey was always god damn 
Yeah. You know, he's always yeah. yelling, you know, pass the puck. Catch up. Pass. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I can't believe it. And he's like, he's like, Jesus, look at that plane. And we all look and just, I mean, just, it felt like the tires were on the top of us. I mean, it was that close. Wow. I see the guy, the whites of the guy's eyes. When he was coming, yep. that freaked me out. I was like, mm. "Well, that was Kinsey for you." But do you know what I remember too? Do you remember at practice when Ryan Bond was trying, I think, to wrap a puck around the boards? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he caught Kinsey. Caught Kinsey in the face with a stick. And uh, he, and, and no, he shot him. He, he shot, he the, shot puck the puck and hit him. Yeah, he hit him with the puck. Yeah. And, and, and Kinsey, I, I can't say what he said, but he, he dropped an F bomb, and he's like. I'll, I'll say freak. Yep. And uh, oh, he oh, Bondo was in his doghouse for, for a while because I mean that stung him. He kept hitting him. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the hell? You know, you gotta pay attention. You can be shooting where the. That's the one thing I hate is when you're sitting there. At, I kind of stand in the same area all the time, mm-hmm. so kids know. I don't like to float around, so if there are plays, they're not just guessing where to shoot the puck, so they know that, hey, don't shoot it this way. And once once in a while, they don't think, and that's when I know your head's down and you're not thinking, your hockey IQ is at zero. Mm-hmm. And I bring it out to them. But, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, there's, I don't even know where you want to go with stories. On, go for on, it. On these. I don't, I don't. Just go. See where it takes you. Well, no, I'm trying to think how to how to clean them up. Like I, I remember, I remember, uh, God, remember Burry? Yeah, Eric Burry. Eric Burry, that all the girls used to love. Mm-hmm. He was Mister Mister GQ. He of had course. the hair. Every girl, every city had another girl. I mean, he had uh, all the concession girls would all be after him and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was just funny. That you know. Like these kids these days try to get away with, um, you know, they think they're smart that, uh, you know, they can get a girl in the hotel and everything like this. I'm like, listen, this guy Barry had, he was the professional. He made me second guess myself a lot of times as a coach. Because he was a captain, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one of our captains. He was a hell of a hockey player. I don't know whatever happened. I know he went to go play college, but I don't know what happened after that. But he, uh, you know, because those were starting, just started to get cell phones. Mm-hmm. So there was no backup or whatever, and then we got a new phone. If it didn't backup, you get you know you lose phone numbers in the beginning. So there was no texting, you know, because that's when it kind of started. But uh, I remember going to his hotel room, and I tell this story because it's probably the cleanest one I got. That the <laughs> girls, that you know, I'm knocking on the door, and him and Boo Jackie, remember yeah, Boo Jackie, Dan Boo Jackie, yep, Dan Boo Jackie would yell at me. Oh, this funny story. I know I'm switching. He would come up and say, "Coach, I, I quit." Well, you say, "I've been quit." I go, "Why? I'm not. I'm not conditioning. I'm not. You're bagging me. I'm not. I quit." Then he'd come out and he, "All right, I, you know, I don't want to quit." Every every practice, he quit. <laughs> I, I, every time I had to, okay, line up on the line or on the blue line, red line, he knew when it was starting to skate. He get off the ice. I quit. I'm like, okay. I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade you to like no man's land. I just quit hockey. I go, just because you can't skate for five minutes, he'd walk away, and we'd all sit there and wait for him, then he'd come back on the ice. I'm not going to quit. I just, I hate this part. And I go, well, you know, I hate it too. I hate when you quit all the time. So, but anyways, him and Bujaki, Burry and Bujaki always had to stay together because they're on the line. And 
they they were the better looking ones, or at least always picked up girls. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Yep. And uh, I knock on their door, and Big Jackie opens it up with the chain on. He's like, hello, opening up the door like they're sleeping. And I just heard the noise. Kinsey and I just heard noises. So I was sitting there, and I went, uh, hey, open up the door. I got to see what's going on, see if everybody's in the room. Oh, we're all in here. We're sleeping. And I'm looking at my clock going, it's not even 11 o'clock yet. Curfew's <laughs> at 11. Come on. Open up the door. He goes, I go, where's Burry? Oh, he's in the bathroom. Hang on, coach. And all I hear is, shh, shh, hey, you know, all this whispering going and everything. And you hear the door shutting this and that. And then he opens up. He's like got the sleeper in his eyes. Yeah, he's in the bathroom. I go, well, where's, I don't know, your other line mate. Oh, he went to go get ice or something. I go, and the door chain is on? What, are you locking him out? <laughs> and he's, like, trying to think of being smart because, you know, kind of playing detective here. And I'm, I'm no detective, but, you know, kind of can add one plus one. So then I'm like, all right, I'll just wait until uh, Barry gets out of the bathroom. And I'm, and I'm saying this loud enough. And I go, Kenzie, you want to go get us a soda while we just sit here and wait? He goes, oh, sure, I'll go in there. And then you hear these girl, this girl goes, well, hang on, I got to get my clothes on. And I was like, I was like, God, Burry sounds different. I go, what's wrong with Burry? And Jackie goes, oh, he's really pinching one coach. It's really got his voice going. That was his answer to me. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how stupid do you think we are? You know there's girls in there. And, oh. you're trying, and I'm sitting there, and next thing you know, they flush the toilet. <laughs> they flush the toilet like two, three times. And then you're, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, how are they going to get out of this? Because I know there's no window. Next thing you know, he, he opens up the door, just slithers out, and I'm like, hey, you okay in there? He's like, yeah, I really had a big one there, Coach. Sorry. And I go, I thought you were sleeping. I was trying to keep quiet, and I go, boy, you were really hitting some high notes. And I go, well, man, what's weird? And Kinsey's over there looking at the door, not even talking, just looking at the door, and he goes, I don't smell anything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, open that door. I don't smell anything. You're having all these problems. There should be a scent. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I mean, just, I mean, you can tell we're not really professional detectives here. Oh. So open up the door, and there's there's three girls in there, oh and I'm like, all right, you guys got to leave. And they're like, the one girl goes, did you know we were in here? Yeah, the whole time. And they go, how did you know? Because no one goes to bed at curfew before curfew. They're always five minutes, a half an hour late. They're never half an hour early. <laughs> I said, there's your number one dumb part as a hockey player. Don't ever be early for, for check-in because something coaches know something's up. Oh, my gosh. So that was that. That's a that's one of my funny ones. Oh my gosh, uh, that that right there was worth it. I re- I remember we were we were driving around on the bus and you know with GPS, yeah, we are lost and we have to back up and we're on the side of a mountain up in Traverse City for conditioning. Mm-hmm. We're on the side of a well a hill, not a mountain. Sorry, and. The craziest thing is um, we get stuck, and the bus driver wants us to push the 
push the bus for conditioning. And I said, you know what? This is day one of conditioning. We push this bus and get out. We won't have to go conditioning. We'll just go on Lake Michigan and swim the whole time or Lake Superior, whichever one. I, I think yeah, we were, we're closer to Michigan. Yeah, we were in Michigan, Lake Michigan. So all I know is cold. That's all I remember. Mm-hmm. So we ended up pushing that bus out of the rut or whatever. All these kids, I had like 25 kids and you know coaches and everything. I mean, we, we, we got this bus unstopped. It are stuck and and uh, I remember the bus driver goes, yeah, I would have got fired. That would have been my last. I, I'm on two strikes right now. That would have been my third strike. And I'm sitting there going, oh great, you're with us the whole weekend. <laughs> this is fun. I I always why, why do I get all these guys that are on their last leg? You know, and they never get somebody happy go lucky. But uh, yeah, there's there's been a bunch of stories like for the junior stuff with the Cherokees. These are all with the Cherokee stuff that I'm telling you. Yeah, that's I mean that's the but that's the fun. That's what makes hockey what it is. My, my favorite favorite one was Kinsey and I. You know, all the girlfriends, wives, we first first and parents go to Grand Rapids. I don't as a head coach and Kinsey as the assistant, but us coaches. Don't make any reservations for where we stay. We don't make any reservations where we're going to eat. Everything's all set up and taken care of for us. That was Mike Robinson, I think, did all that. Or Chris LeMay, or Chris Reniger did all that, I think. Um, I don't really know. I don't she, re- she usually handled the reservations. Okay, so she did this. So we get to this hotel, and it's a nice hotel. We go in there. We drop all our... our uh, we make our reservations. We just stopped there, didn't get out. Mike did everything, jumped in, then we went to the rink and then, you know, stretched out, warm up, played the game, come back to our hotel. And Mike's talking this hotel. This hotel is nice, you know, it's got, I think it's like NBC, NBC uh, no, not the suite. What was, I don't know, Holiday Inn, but it was a glorified, I mean, it was, it was super it was nice. nice. It's like, yeah, you have your own office room, you know, you have your living room, and then you have your bed area. I'm like, man, these rooms have got to be big. And I'm like, we're thinking all these things are, you know, this is going to be beautiful. I mean, it's our first time in juniors. I'm like, man, they treat you right here. You don't get paid for crap, but at least you get taken care of. So we're sitting there. So we go, Kinsey and I, we go in after our game, and we walk in. And or we're driving up, and all you see is this big bright lights of red and white and blue just flickering on and off. Everything's going on, and we're getting closer and closer. And it's right by this mire, and then you go right to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you were there. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and all oh, cops, ambulance, everything's going on, fire department. And I'm like, Kinsey and I, I mean, everybody's like, somebody got murdered. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, somebody – Kinsey and I are thinking the same thing. I mean, I've never seen 20 cop cars, 20, you know, place caught on fire. Somebody's dead. We're thinking somebody died. So we're sitting there, and uh, we, they're like, hey, we had a hotel reservation. What's going on? They go, oh, they had a little mishap. You know, you guys can go check in. Mind you, I have, I have like 14-year-old boys to 21, I believe, 20 or 21. So I have some guys that can legally drink, but they're not supposed to. And I have 14-year-olds, and they're still pretty young, you know. So we walk in, and out comes these medical EMT guys. <laughs> I got to say this with a clear clear voice. Is, 
they come rushing out of the um, um, elevator right through the lobby. And this guy's face down with his butt in the air. And he, do you remember this? No, His I don't. butt is in the air and he's screaming in pain. And he's crying and he's like, help me. I mean, just, and I'm like, this guy's dying. I didn't even know what the hell's going on. I mean, you didn't see anything because it's under like blankets and stuff. I'm like, what's going on? Right after that, there's like four cops that are just crying, laughing. The whole time, I'm like, what are you laughing at? Like, what's going on? He goes, oh, he was sitting on a manic, uh, mechanical bull with uh, with like a seat helper thing, and it broke off in his butt. <laughs> I go, I looked at Kinsey. I could not stop laughing, and I was like, this is my first day, and these kids are all looking. And here it was, the National Swingers Convention was held there. (laughs) And I was like, what the hell? We get in our rooms? It's a room. One bed for Kinsey and I. I'm like, what? You don't even get two beds? And Mike's telling me this, and Mike goes, well, that's what they told me. I go, we don't get paid, and we get shitty reservations. This is horrible. So, but that was like our first night on the road, our overnight. I will never forget that. I, and there was more to it because in breakfast time, the swingers came down. They don't wear anything. Oh, my God. Do you remember that when we were sitting mm-hmm. eating in breakfast? And uh, they're I just, think, I vaguely they, remember They would wear like a, like, a, like a men's dress shirt mm-hmm. without it buttoned up and yeah. just everything – and no one was a supermodel. No yeah, exactly. No one was hot. Nobody cared. And I'm sitting there going, and all these, and you know, these 14-year-old kids are going, oh. I'm like, oh, my God, please don't tell your mom and dad. Please don't tell your mom and dad. Please don't tell your mom and dad. Because <laughs> uh, the thing I remember, too, on that trip, we went somewhere for dinner uh, that night after. I think we were getting ready to leave or something. And I, just, I don't know if it was that trip to Grand Rapids or if it was another, but you were there. And uh, the bus took off without me. Yeah. Because I was we or no we were we were we made a stop somewhere like a pit stop, and uh, I I went to use the bathroom and everything, and uh, I I was the last one out, and the bus started leaving, and I'm looking over like what the hell, and so I I don't know if I called somebody I called you guys or what, but I think eventually you guys realized it it was like about ten. 10, 12 minutes, the bus comes rolling around back, and I just remember I sat, I was like, we were outside, I think we are outside the mire or something, yeah. and I'm sitting there. That was the only place we could eat. Yeah, it was mire. Everything was closed, so mm-hmm. we had to eat everything out of the deli department, which is closed, so it's pre-made. Just grab and go. And the kids ate everything. I had a bag of chips that night. Mm-hmm. That was all I ate. And I just was sitting there like this, uh, like, you know, yep. s- sitting there with a goofy look on my face. I think I pulled my pant legs up and was trying to show a little leg or something just to be a smart aleck. And, oh, my God, man. I mean, man, but, but that was, like I said, those were some of the crazier times that we had. And that was just life on the road back then. Well, remember know. when we had to play Cincinnati in the snowstorm coming back home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're driving down them on a bus, another horror bus story. We're driving, and the bus driver goes, you know what? I can't see anything on my windows because we couldn't see. I couldn't understand. I go, are we still on the expressway? He goes, I don't know. It just stops in the middle of the expressway. Was that Gene? Yeah, Gene. He gets out and starts cleaning off the bus. And cars are swerving all over. I mean, I'm like, dude, we're going to get hit. We're in like the second lane, the middle lane of a three-wheel lane highway. And I'm thinking, 
we're we're gonna die. this guy's dying. First of all, this guy's dead. Second of all, we're gonna get in a bad accident. How do I get out of this? As a team, as a coach, I'm trying to protect my team. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, get on the bus. I'm yelling and get on the bus. He goes, ah, oh, we're fine. They like, you know, you hear all these screeching and everything. People sliding. Accidents are all over. Gets on the bus, just take off. We're fine until we get to Dayton, and all of a sudden it cleared up. He goes, yeah, oh see, God. I told you, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, you just caused like five accidents over there. He goes, oh, we're not in one. We're good. I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. I maybe they're dead, but we're not. I guess that's fine. You know? Oh my God, Gene. Gene was the guy who I credit with helping cure my fear of flying. Oh my God, I know. Because of the way he drove a bus. Because he, I think we were in Nationals one time. I think we were in uh, uh, Hartford. And he tried to, to turn around an a island and uh, backed up over it. Ended up smoking a, a, a U.S. mail mailbox. Box. Yeah. And, uh, like, wiped out a mailbox. Eh, we're fine. He, all he was worried about was the little dent in the... Uh, Little dent on the bus. Yeah. And, and other than that, he, hey, we're fine. Off we go. Yeah. Just, I, uh, yeah, he, he frightened me for bus trips, too. I mean, he had one. He goes, hey, because uh, we love Friday night after practice to go to St. Louis, which was a 10-hour bus trip, was scheduled a 10-hour bus trip. And, um, you know, that's going the speed limit on the GPS, and it's going to take you 10 hours. He goes, yeah, just sit back, guys, relax. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get there. And uh, I said, well, we gotta be there by like ten o'clock for check-in. He goes, we'll be there by ten o'clock. So we all fall asleep. Next thing you know, it's six o'clock in the morning. He's waking everybody up. Oh, we're here. I'm like, we're here. Where? I go. I go. You knocked off four hours. How's that possible? Oh, we're here. And I said, okay. So we, we get out, and I'm like, yeah, this is a hotel. We're here, you know. So then we, we walk out, and all of a sudden, you know, reservation for Toledo Cherokees. We don't have any. Oh, God. I'm like, this is St. Louis, right? No. <laughs> I'm like, where are we? She goes, St. Louis is another four hours that way. Everybody back in the bus just woke up. All the kids. Oh my! So we get God. back on the bus. So we get we get in, and he goes, "I don't know who you guys must have been screwing around with my GPS." I'm like, "Yeah, that was us. That That's was what we, you know." So then we get there, and uh, he's all bent out of shape. He was benching and moaning the whole time, and he kept going. And we got there in like two hours. He was going like 120 miles an hour, because <laughs> I go, "How fast are we going?" He goes. Ah, the speedometer doesn't go as far as I've got. I got the pedal going, and I'm looking, going, "Well, it says 120." And I, th- I don't see the speedometer, so I don't know how fast we're going. But I was like, "Well, whatever." So we get there in two hours, and we're sitting there, and and it's before 10 o'clock. And the girl goes, "Oh yeah, you guys are here. You made great time, and uh, you know, but now you guys got to wait an hour because check-in is at like 10:30." And he, Gene's all pissed off at us because we got there too fast. I go, now we got to wait. So we're all laying around the lobby, wait with all our hockey equipment. So, yeah, he was always mad at, at somebody in our organization. He's like, well, this is your direction. So I'm like, I don't even know where we were. I don't even know what city we ended up. And I'm like, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. How do we knock off four hours? Then I realized, well, we're not 
We're not. We're nowhere near where we're supposed to be. I remember the one time um, we were. I think we were playing. Uh, we were playing in Peoria, and I think it was for Herster. But because they had like uh, basketball playoffs or something for the state, it was in Peoria that weekend. So we ended up staying in a hotel, like literally, I think forty-five or yeah, I remember that hour away. We had a long drive. Yep. And uh, I was pissed. Yeah. Because my kids' legs are now they're dead. Mm-hmm. When you're on a bus and go play, it doesn't work. Nope. It's yeah. You. I mean. 45, 45 minutes at least, if not longer. And uh, I think we were, I can't remember what town we were. It was just some small, dopey town. And we had to go over there and try and play. And it was just, uh, It was a nightmare. Yeah, they usually are. Well, tell you what, before we wind her up here, I want to um, talk about two. Uh, I got a ton of stories. I got plenty ones. Let's go. We, no, I mean, no, 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 no. No, come nope. on, man. Nope. We've got, look. Let's do that is, for another time. But do a story edition. We can do that, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm, lo- I'm loving this, man. No, no. I'm, I'm so before this. we wrap up, what? Oh, you smart Alec. Anyway, I was just going to ask you to tell me uh, what brought you to St. Francis. Uh, Brian Kinsella, Kinsey. I was over at Adrian and helping with the youth program and so on, and and uh, um. Mike Reeder uh, was with St. Francis, who passed away, and uh, they're good friends, played for the Gold Diggers, you know, and one thing about sports, and maybe that people that listen to this podcast understand it a little more than people that are not, uh, haven't been on a team, but you form a brotherhood that, like I said, you don't have to like each other, but you're always there to protect each other. Even even if other guys on other teams, you know, you played against, you don't like, but you know what? There, there's 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 something there. And uh, Kinsey was coaching with me at the Cherokee level, and uh, he wanted he you know wanted to retire, wanted to quit, you know, he didn't want to do the traveling, you know, didn't want to do the recruiting anymore. Oh yeah, I gotta tell you stories about recruiting. But anyways, oh, he do. said, don't hold back. Come he on. said. Uh, Give me at least one. Give me at least one. So we're okay. So this is our first time we're in PR, uh, uh, Chicago. We went to okay. Cubby Bears. Okay. It's a bar that um, um, we didn't know anything about it. It's a restaurant bar, whatever. Well, before it opened up, we go to this restaurant, and it and it's it's uh, like a really upscale restaurant, and. Uh, Chuck said, yeah, you're allowed to use $50 a day for food. So we didn't buy anything, just thought we'd have good dinners all the time. We'd have, you know, so we go to a nice restaurant, get, you know, $25, $20 dinner, whatever. <laughs> so I'm always on the cheap side, so I can, you know, have a couple cocktails or whatever, and then I'll just have like a piece of, you know, a salad or something. So I, you know. So the lady comes up to me. She, goes, I, she started naming off the uh, specials, and she goes, eh, "You know, we got a two meatball special." And I'm like, "Oh God, that's got to be ten bucks." And we get a couple of drinks, and you know, I'll be good. And then we start talking, you know, recruiting. So this is all on the same night. So we're sitting there, and our bill comes. Oh, Kinsey got the steak, you know, whatever. His bill came out to be like twenty-two dollars. 
Mine was $28 just for my spaghetti and two meatballs. Oh, my God. And I sat there, and, I, and it wasn't anything big. It wasn't anything like I had softball meatballs or anything. I go, go I thought that was a special. Oh, yeah, it's usually 32 I said, the steak dinner. How or, do they do it? I was looking at her, and I'm like, oh, my God. And now i got to pay for my alcohol. thought I damn it. So I had to get money out of my own pocket. I'm like, ah, blah, blah, blah. so I'm already pissed off, so to speak. So we go to Cubby Bears. That's where all the coaches are meeting, you know, because there's uh, some skills thing, whatever. Because it's all set up, different weekends, different weeks. There's, you can you can travel all week, and there's always oh, yeah. somewhere you go, USHL and, and all or whatever. So we're at Cubby Bears, and we're sitting there, and one of these uh, parents come up, and, uh, you know, hey, do you like my, you know, my son? I'm like, I don't know you, lady. I'm from Toledo. She goes, oh, I thought you were with those guys. I'm like, yeah, I am. We were all coaches from different teams, you know. And Kinsey, well, Kinsey was standing next to me, and she goes, oh, you guys don't know how to drink. I'm like, what? And so now I'm pissed. I'm like, first of all, I'm pissed off that I didn't get my food, or it was expensive, <laughs> for spaghetti. For spaghetti, yeah. He had steak dinner, which was a lot better than my spaghetti, and it was cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Now, it wasn't a filet mignon, but it, it was Still. meat, potatoes, and a salad. I had just spaghetti and two little meatballs <laughs> that were $20 a piece that were made out of gold, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sitting there. And she goes, yeah, you don't know how to drink. I don't even know this lady. Never talked to her. And Kinsey goes, he goes to the lady, you don't know who you're talking to. That's all we do is drink. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah? Well, look at. I'm gonna order, and she says like some. I think she said like Long Island iced tea, and I go, yeah. She goes, top that, and I go, give me that bottle right there in the back. I'm buying the whole bottle, and then Kinsey and I just drank it right in front of her, and she's just like, oh, and I go, and Kinsey, mind you, we're numb now. Of course. Okay. And Kinsey, Kinsey goes, yeah, don't ever tell us how to drink. Now we gotta walk back. It's been like a half an hour. And granted, the bottle wasn't full. It was, you know, half, whatever. So we're we're sitting there, and we're trying to walk back. And Kinsey goes, I got to pee. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, and I go, well, yeah, Mr. International, that's going to take you three hours to get through that thing. You know, so we're joking around, and this lady's just staring at us because we were, like, planted our butts in the chair, and we still got to meet with these people. We haven't even really, we don't know anybody yet. So we sit there, and. Finally make it to the bathroom. I mean, it wasn't that bad. You know, maybe I'm making it more horrific than what it was. So then we're sitting there. We, we walk back, and we're sitting there. And the first thing the coaches all say to us, go, hey, Toledo guys okay? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, man, you guys are sweating a lot. <laughs> I'm like, holy. I go, yeah, we just said I'll drink this lady. And they're like, what are you doing? I go, oh, you told us she could drink more than we could, so we, we shut her up. So then we're all sitting there and we're drinking. Lunar, don't know who Lunar is. They they're up on the. There's a band singing, mm -hmm. and they're singing Jack and Diane from oh, um, um, John Cougar Mellencamp. Mellencamp. Yeah. So he gets up. He's yelling the whole time. And there was a raffle that night that you could win a mountain bike that was just like coming out. I don't know what kind. Huffy. I I don't know. Schwinn. Whatever. And. Uh, Lunar ends up winning the bike raffle. 
riding around this bar in this bike. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. We're going, this guy's an asshole. You know, this guy, this is, this guy's, you know. And, and he's riding this bike. He gets up on stage yelling at the people. They don't know how to sing the song because he's pretty well tipsy, too. Starts singing. He's got this bike. He lifts his bike up with one hand. He's a big guy, let me tell yeah. you. He's a big guy and just throws it and smashes the bike. He goes, I'm not taking back that thing back to Peoria. He, he goes, I got a little Chevette. <laughs> I'm like, you're as big as a house, and you're driving a Chevette? He goes, great gas mileage. Great <laughs> gas mileage. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Oh I go, you know, you get better on that bike. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, whatever. Just smash the bike. Just smashed it. And yelling at these people, security comes. We all get kicked out. We go to this after-hours bar. Lunar goes, Lunar goes, hey, of course, his name was Kevin to me back then because yeah. I didn't know him as Lunar. Yep. So, But Lunar goes, hey, come back with me. And there's a bar, an after-hours bar. You know, it's called the King's Mind. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. He goes, so opens up at 3 a.m. I'm like, all right, I'm 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 three sheets to win. We drop off Kinsey. So we're driving. He goes, yeah, there it is. See it on the horizon? I go, yeah, and it's like all lit up. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I go, I got to get some sleep because I got to go recruit these kids tomorrow morning, you know, and I got to talk to these parents and stuff. So we're driving this all the same night. So we're all driving. He goes, yeah, here it is. All I, I open up my eyes. I look. It says entrance, uh, Chicago Police Department, whatever. And I'm like, you're, we're in a, going to a police station? He goes, I got the wrong directions. Cops are all over us. We're drinking. We have been drinking all night long. And I'm like. Now we're getting arrested for DUIs, all this. So he gets out of the car, and he starts talking to this cop. And I'm like, oh, he's getting arrested. How am I going to get home? I don't know anybody's phone number except Kinsey. I don't even know where I'm at. And I'm sitting there. Next thing you know, the cop goes, yeah, you just turn down there, and there you go. And he goes, have a great day, sir. I'm like, Kinsey, or Lunar gets back in the car, and he's like, man, these cops are really nice. You just sign on autograph or something, and then they just let you go. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so we go to this bar. It's 3 in the morning. He goes, he goes, yeah, this is supposed to be a lot of hot chicks are here. I'm like, okay. There wasn't one chick there. It was all dudes. And I think I think we're in a gay bar. And he goes, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> and I'm like, can we leave? He goes, well, we need a drink. And I go, I don't want a drink in here. Come on, dude. We got to go. And then we ended up drinking. Actually, it was a pretty fun night watching these guys dance. I was like, I... I'm not a dancer, so I'm like, whatever. We ended up leaving, but oh, God. I mean, that was just the whole night was crazy. That was my first night, you know, recruiting and scouting. I never went to bed. I never went to bed all weekend because then the next night we did went back to Cubby's Bears, and that was a whole big thing there that night. Good night. But like I said, I have there's so many stories, but I'm trying to clean them up, and I'm trying. I'm leaving a lot of things out because a lot of things don't. You know, I don't think anybody wants to hear about some of the stuff. No, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, that's actually probably the thing everyone loves about this are the stories. But, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but Kinsey got me into it, called me up yeah. and uh, said, hey, I've been your assistant coach for, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever it was. You know, can I need you to be my assistant. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I would never tell him no. He never told me no. 
We've never gotten an argument. I don't know if I ever gotten an argument with any of my coaches, whether I had to let you go or fire you or I've been let go. I never argued because I feel like we all have a say. And just because I'm the head coach doesn't mean that it's my way because I make mistakes. And you know what? There's times where you don't make the mistake and you're right. You know, your your direction might be quicker, faster, easier, whatever. So how much of that is, through, I think, uh, maturing? I mean, in other words, you, you, you've gone through and you've taken your lumps. And as you get older, you realize, yeah, you know, maybe. You know, a lot of people are set in their ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like husbands and wives, you, you, you look at him, you know, this is, I do my five things. He, she does her five things. This is what makes the house work. But I'm more or less like, you know, sometimes I do three things. You do, you know, you know, seven things or I do seven things. You do three things. It's still going to get where it's still going to, it's still going to come out the right way. My, my biggest thing is maturity. I don't know. I'm still immature in the brain because I'm always joking and making jokes, like I said, even with, like, because uh, Kinsey and I still brought that and made Mike Marciniak just laugh all the time. We we made the kids either they laughed with us or laughed at us, but we did it for a reason, to make them laugh mm-hmm. because, you know, that way we knew when we could get on them and yell at them that they would listen and they knew we were serious. And, you know... Like, Dyer says, oh, are you going to give me the Kinsey speech or are you going to do, you know, the Dyer speech? Dyer thinks he only talks for 30 seconds and then he's done, but he talks forever too. And and it's not a bad thing. It's just you get excited and passionate about what you want to do. I, I just want to learn. I, I, I That's how I know the fire's still in me. I, I want to learn from different coaches. That's why I don't argue with them. You know, let me let me see your way. Let me hear your way. And, and, you know, you want to do a drill. You know, I have Derek Booth come out and help us out, you know, during the summer or whatever. And and uh, Eric Douglas, you know, that, you know, um, Mike Natashak, uh, you know, Gordy Hunt's out there, you know. And I try to get all these people that played at a higher level, run a drill or two. And it's a different voice, and kids like that. They don't like the same, you know, they don't like to go to, you know, you know, whatever mr smith's class algebra's class because he talks in the same way all day long five days a week you know month after month they're done i mean at the end of the year like i'm glad i'm done with that class granted you have good days and bad days in that class but the voice is still the same and i think variety helps because maybe i don't explain it you know, you and I will see the same UFO in the sky, but we'll have two different ways of how to explain what we saw. But yet we saw the same thing at the same moment, same time. And that's how I look at it as I'm not saying anything about UFOs. I'm just saying there's something. Okay, yeah. Um, but there's different direction, Dyer, Kinsey, myself, other coaches, you know. And when I usually let people go is because I don't understand. They're not explaining anything. They're not helping it's not me. It's the kids. I don't care what you think you look like. It's how you're helping the kids. You know, I tell you to do something, you do it. You tell me to do something, you know, I do it. So, you know, if I say, hey, let's do this, this, and this, and you were out there doing, you know, some flippy floppy shots, and I'm like, you know, throwing the puck around with your hand, which you, 
why are we doing this? You know, we're spending time out on the ice. You know, we can do this off the ice. You know, there's a common sense thing. So I think the maturity is, uh, you know, with the knowledge that I know now, I'm writing, I'm writing this thing on the side. I don't know if it's a book or what it is, but it's kind of like little notes here. And I've talked to, I, I'm trying to find out how does an athlete become great in their sport. You know, not as a person in life every day as a human being, but in a sport. And I've talked to, I've, I got 30 years of references and in, in, in stuff. And, you know, I talked to Joe Frazier before he passed away and when we were in Nationals in Philadelphia. And Tarsha was there. And, and I talked to him and I picked his brain. How did, how did you become a great fighter? I don't care if you won or lost or down goes Frazier, down, you know, Howard Goodsell. I'm not worried about that. What made you get to that? Level? I mean, that you're the at one time you were the best in the world. You know, I mean, you fought the best in the world. How did how do you how do you get there? You have to be great to just get there. You know, he just talked to me about you know determination and you know he really did it for his kids and you know and he wasn't a really big. I was taller than him and I'm like man. So I'm on Wide World, ABC Wide World of Sports. He looked bigger than life to me. And here I'm eating eating lunch with him at a hotel restaurant, a Holiday Inn in Philadelphia. Just walked in. That's where we were staying. And walked in. I went, hey, you Joe Frazier? And he's like, hey, come sit down. I'm like, oh, I'm the hockey coach. You know, he knew we were with the hockey team. He's like, oh, what do you do with a hockey coach? Oh, I don't know anything about hockey. I'm like, you're Joe Frazier. And he's, yeah. And I just started picking his brain. I talked to Jerry Rice. I talked to a bunch of NHL guys. You know, I talked to Wayne Gretzky. I talked to, like, how, what did you do? What's behind the scenes that made you? And I wrote all this down, and I started last Sunday. was the first time that I zeroed in on these 12 things, 11, 12 things. This is what makes every single one of these athletes and all these different sports to be great. And they all have these 12 things. And that's how I know that's what you have to do to become great. I won't give you that answer because a lot of people want it. I, I, this is for myself. This is what I've learned. And now people can argue, but, I mean, I have all these references from all these great. And, and I'm still trying to talk to these great players. You know, and how many people have I, I talked to? that weren't that great they were just average you know major league players but they made it to the show mm-hmm. you know how what made you that because all these kids never actually try to be the best they just say i'm going to play in the nhl so there's different levels of nhl yep you know you're either the best or you're the last one on the pole told it, it doesn't matter you're still there and i was more towards the bottom i was never the best mm-hmm. so i learned from myself and my mistakes what i can teach these kids and that's why I think I learned to be a little patient. During games, I don't have time to be patient because you have like five seconds before, you know, your next group of guys. So, you know, your next line out or whatever, and then the play goes, and then you got to hurry up and, you know, whatever. So my answer, you know, in a nutshell is, you know, you just got to go with your gut feeling a lot, and you got to, 
I've been in so many situations that I, I can, I'm creative, creative enough to know how to get these kids out of it or help them in those situations. And that's just by experience. You have a favorite, uh, I mean, obviously being a coach on uh, multiple state championship teams. Yeah. Do you have a particular favorite? Favorite team? Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to tell me. You know, it's, you know, the thing that got me the most was when Kinsey, because we already won a ring. We, we won together as coaches. And, and I was sitting there and um, Mike Marciniak. You know, and I always tease him. And I talk, we talk about this story. Actually, last week I brought it back up to him. I, I bring it up to him a lot. And I sat there and, and our first year, Kinsey was a coach, a head coach. But I ran the practices. I love running practice. I want to run practice. Now that I'm the head coach, I'd like one of my assistants to run practice so I can do a lot of what he did. But it just doesn't work out. I For some reason, I still got to run practice. And it's not, and, and it's not a thing. I always ask my assistants, "Hey, do you want to run a drill tonight?" And oh yeah, I'm like, "You want to do two? No, I got one. That's good." I'm like, "Okay, thanks for the one." <laughs> then what they do is like, "Oh, it's one I, I mean, there's nothing new. Come on, you know." I'm always telling them, "I'm trying to trying to bright, broaden their horizons." Yeah. But you know, I sat there with Mike, and I said I skated around one time, and Kindy was yelling. I know he was yelling at somebody. And because uh, it made me not talk and I wasn't listening because it was kid did a bonehead thing. And uh, I went up to Mike and he was on the bench and he just sitting there and I skated up to him and I said, you know, how many uh, times you guys uh, win states? He said, none. Well, how long you been here? He goes, I don't know, 30 years or whatever, 25 years. I go, this school's never won a championship in hockey. No. I said, huh. I go, I never, I don't know the history of this, this school. My brother graduated from there, but I, I don't know the history of it. You know, as a coach, you'd think I'd look that up, but I never did. So I kind of skated off my life. Hmm. So I remember Kinsey <laughs> got mad again. It didn't take much to get pit, Kinsey pissed, you know, and because he expected perfection. He was a perfectionist, you know. You pass here, the reason why is, one, two, three. I'm the opposite. Hey, get the puck there. You know, he was more of a polished, you know. You get the pit puck there because of this or that or whatever. I'm like, you get the puck here because we're trying to score. That's, that's you know, so we no different coaching. But I remember skating around like Kinsey get man. I said, Mike goes, why do you ask how many championships do I have? And I go, Man, I'm telling you, if you ever win a ring, you want to win another one. I said, they're addicting. I said, I've never had anything more addicting in my life. That's why I'm still coaching. And he's like, he's like, no. He goes, I got a ring for playing, you know, at uh, Michigan State. He, he was a starter, you know, for Michigan State back in the day. And uh, played football for them. And I was like, oh, you win the Super Bowl or uh, Rose Bowl? Or, you know, because that's what the big one. He goes, no, we were in it. We lost to Illinois with Dick Buckus was on that team and, you know, so on. And he goes, oh, but I've been there. 
you know, and he goes, never lost to Michigan, you know, like we beat Michigan or whatever, that was his thing, and so I was like, oh, okay, because he bleeds green and white, you know, and, and what we were talking earlier about Big Ten teams and stuff, so he goes, uh, he goes, I go, well, you know what, I'm going to stay here as long as I can to win you a ring, and then after that, I'm out, so in 11, we win, and my favorite team has to be my favorite moment was when we scored in overtime to beat Eds two to one. I looked at Kinsey. I like I was on the far bench, big far part of the bench because of um, where the forwards are at that time in overtime. Mm-hmm. I ran. Kinsey had his arm up and like gonna hug me, and I ran right past him. And just went to Mr. M. And Kinsey then followed me. And I said, there you go. You won your ring. No matter what, they can't take this away from you. And I'm yelling this at him. Because it was so loud. And the fans were right there at Nation. Oh, yeah. And when people say, what's my favorite team? I don't. That was, that was my favorite moment. Because it wasn't about Kinsey. It wasn't about me. It was about somebody else. I was happy that we won the state championship for hockey, their first one. I was happy that Kinsey got the win one as a head coach because he won one with me when I was a head coach. So now I took the assistant role. So we each had that for each other. And I was happy for that. And then, you know, but Mr. M got his first one. And, you know, you remember most of those kids on the teams as, as years go on, they fade away and you don't see them anymore because you always think they're going to be together and you're going to come back and it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so that was probably my favorite team um, because of Mr. M. It wasn't necessarily the kids or the – it was just because Mr. M got to win something. And plus – I'm not taking away from anything from the kids, but I was talking as a coach. What meant for me yeah. was Mr. M. It wasn't me. I, I could care less about me. And that's how I live my life. I don't care. You can do whatever you want to me. Say what you want. But you know what? I'm here for the right reasons. And the, the, the cool thing about that was when we won it in 15, I was the head coach. But the, the years before in 13, Kinsey retired. And said, hey, I want you to coach St. Francis. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm done. I, I can't stay in high school. I'm, I, we won them a ring. I promised them. I'm, I'm leaving. I want to go coach college or juniors. I want to, you know, I got friends in the pros. I can help out, you know, practice squad. I'm trying to get my foot in the door. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And uh, I go tell Mike Marciniak I drove in. <laughs> he wants to meet at the locker room at Tamo. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm Walking in, I'm quitting, I'm out of here. It's done. I can't do this anymore. I can't. I want to recruit. I want to get my team. I want my players. I want to win championships. I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And I go in and I'm like, you know, hey, how's it going, Mike? Oh, you know, you know, Kinsey left. We're going to look for a head coach. I'm like, yeah, about that. And he goes, well, you know, I just want you to know that uh, you're our new head coach and, uh, you know, Talk to Kinsey, and he thinks you'll be a good fit and everything like this. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm honored because I'm still thinking in my mind, yeah, thanks a lot, but see you, bye. Uh-huh. I go, yeah, and, you know, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and 
when do we start? That came out of my mouth, and I'm thinking the whole time I'm leaving. And he and he looked at me, and he goes, I'm glad you're on board. And I go, I can't tell this guy no. I, I can't say no. And it was the best decision I've ever made. Except that you for, didn't want to make. <laughs> that I, well, no, I was, I was going to say no the whole time. I'm out. See you, bye. I, I, I won you the one ring. Now it's your your position to go try to win more. Go find you do what you need to do. I'm I gotta go do my own thing. And then when we won in fifteen, he goes, "Aren't you glad you stayed?" And I go, "I don't know how whatever came out of mouth out of my mouth was not what I was thinking." He goes, "I know." He goes, "Coming back next year?" I go, oh, "You know?" And yeah. I go, "Yeah." And he goes, uh, "He goes good." And then we won it this year. And I said, "You know, after the winning second one." I said, uh, you have all these favorite memories about the game, behind the scenes, the jokes, the kids, the camaraderie, COVID, what you can and can't do, you know, where you can go, what you can't do, how to dress, can't take showers, you know, own water bottle, can't drive together, can't bus, can't do nothing. I mean, this year is one of the most memorable years because of so many can't do's. Or can't have you. Extenuating circumstances. It was, it, it's mind-boggling how we were dodging bullets the whole year. Every team was. My biggest thing on top of that was I do have a favorite team, and I told that team, but that doesn't take away from any other team that I've ever coached. And, you know, everybody thinks it's the championship teams that win. It all started when I first started coaching when we first started this podcast, that I had kids that didn't even know how to skate. And they, they, it took that to find something within myself that, hey, I want to, I want to try this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be any good at coaching. I'm not going to, but at least I'm going to be with kids and help them. They're not out doing drugs. You know, they're not out partying. They're not out, you know, getting pregnant and whatever. I mean, they they wanted to be there. And that, when I bring everything back, that's made me who I am, you know. And, you know, people always say, oh, you cheat because you guys are so good. I said, no, I just have a formula. I said, you got to figure out my formula. and You're not with us, so you're never going to find out. You think you know, but you don't know because your coaches would know what to do. Yeah. And that, and you're going to have down years where that doesn't matter what formula you have because you still need talent. You still need drive. You know, those kids still need to work hard. You have a team that's just a bunch of young kids and you're playing a bunch of seniors. They're just physically stronger. They're going to win. But you get, you know, same team versus same team. We'll win every time. You know, we will. And, uh, you know, there's just a formula. And I don't know, the best best part of hockey is I'm still alive today to keep doing it. I still get to smell the ice. I still get the locker room camaraderie, the talk, the jokes. Hey, coach, you you know, you lost and, you know, you owe me 10 push-ups. Because we always bet, you know, like bear crawls or push-ups or tie each other's skates. I mean, those are our bets and parents know and they're laughing at it like, oh. Because they some for some reason when you lose like the uh, like I bet on the uh, 
Alabama. Uh, yeah, I picked Clemson, and 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 they got trounced this year. Yeah. So yeah, do like bear crawls for some reason. All the parents went to that practice to see the coaches do bear crawls. So, Imagine that. So or or tie tie kid skates or whatever. So you know, it's one of those things that you know it's still fun to me. Coaching is fun. It's a lot harder now because kids they don't think they have to work as hard. It's everything's given, and I don't know how to break that in kids right now because back then. Kids wanted to play. Now, I feel like parents are making some of the kids play. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, now, before we wind her up, last thing. Of course, we're about nearly three hours into this, but. I hope you edit a, a lot of it out. <laughs> not a chance. Well, you can make it, you know. Not a chance. You can cut it down part one, two, three. I could, but I'm not going to. So, uh Next time we'll tell funny the funny side of hockey. That's what I'm counting on. Okay. That's what I'm counting on. No, but uh, a bunch of those. What? Uh, tell me. Okay. I usually end each podcast. Yeah. With this, and that is, what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Because there are alumni, there are alumni coaches, alumni players, the kids that played for you, kids that are currently playing. Um, kids that were there be- long before you or I mm-hmm. that listened to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate, we're very fortunate that uh, we got a pretty good following that listens to this. And, you know, it's just whatever's on your mind that you'd like to say to them. You know, the, the former players, you know, and, and players that played for me, you know, and, and, and like last year's team, congratulations on the success you guys had. You yeah. know, Kenny Ray did a great job uh, developing that team all year and working them. I had former uh, Knights on that team and, um, you know, Timmy Oregon and stuff. But, you know, you, I follow them because I was part of that, mm-hmm. and I follow them religiously. You know, every team I've been a part of that still is an organization because I've been, you know, that I couldn't be more prouder of those guys. You know, I'm so excited that parents took a chance with Kinsey and I um, that believed in us with their kids, you know, changing the high schools across the state, Canada. We had European players, you know, we've had it all over. But, you know, it's just a great thing. I mean, what they're doing, it's just unbelievable. I mean, Searing as a coach, you know, I don't know all the coach, and, and Doc was there, and, and, and uh, Dunk. Dunk, and Tarsha, and Omi, and, and uh, you know, um, oh, our goalie coach. Um, Doug Elliott. Elliott, yeah, Doug Elliott was there. He was with RPI guy. He was... Uh, just such a cool guy to me, to, to Kinsey. Uh, you know, how it all ended was one way, but I, you know, you can't, you know, I'm not going to dwell on the, the the way how it ended, how it wasn't my fairy tale, but it's not supposed to be. It's a sport, mm-hmm. you know. It's cut and dry. Win, lose, you know. You don't win, you get fired or let go if you win. Or you lose, you. I, it doesn't matter, because I came in second, came home to no job, 
lost to St. Louis five to four down in Philadelphia. I remember Philadelphia for another reason too. You remember Jared Siganuk? Oh yeah, Siggy and Lanciano yeah. from. Yep. Uh, they were from Philadelphia. outside. Of, he was yeah. yeah uh, he was from Lan- Lanciano's from Philly. Yeah. And Siganuk was from New Jersey, right. just over the line. Just over the line there. And uh, I just remember going over because I drove out there. I didn't ride the bus. Right. And I remember we went to dinner or something, and I come out to my car and Siganuk silly stringed it. Yep. Never, never admitted to it. Yeah, but he it did. was him. He did. Like I said, there's a funny side, but. You know, say hi to all those guys. You know, miss you. You know, I know we don't talk, and I know life gets in the way, but always remember, you know, I have you in my heart forever, like all the kids I've ever coached. You know, you forget names, forget places, but you remember teams. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember games, remember a situation. And, uh, you know, I have that with there, and I'm, I'm proud of, proud that they took a chance on me. And we always had home ice, and we always made to nationals, and we always, you know, we didn't win it, but at least, at least we did what we set out to do. And I think Chuck LeMay and uh, Chris Renegar at that time were had to be proud of what we accomplished for the short years we were there. Yep, they were. Uh, well, I tell you, man, this has been nothing short of a blast. I have had Way more too fun. long. Yeah, well, no. It's as long. I, like I tell other guys, I've had guys on here who have only done like 40, 45 minutes. Okay. So, and it isn't because uh, they were bad or they didn't have it. No, it's just you know your comfort level. If you're able to go 45 minutes to an hour, great. If you go a little more, a little less, that's okay. It, the, the fact that you and I, you, I mean, just uh, full disclosure, you know, again, you do a radio, the radio show with me, and you've done it prior to me for years, okay? So your ability to be a great orator, is already set in stone so you're able to you're able to communicate and that's why this i didn't i wasn't going to say okay let's just skip to this let's just skip to that yeah yeah a lot of stories you have you have more stories to tell than we got time for i have a ton of stories i i have the funny ones from cherokees like if this was not such a pg Mm -hmm. i have a bunch of them that you're gonna be like oh my goodness. Okay, give me as best you can. Give me one more. Uh, funny one. Like yeah. without. See, that's the whole problem. Okay, well then give me it. Then give me just one, whether it's funny or not. Um. Well, it, I mean, they're they're all funny, and you know, I mean, there's some that were just you know, scary, like you know, plane trying to fly over us, yeah. trying to land. Um. You know, I remember. Well, funniest story was, I'll, I'll even bring this out, and and and, and I'll even say names because Ooh, I think okay. this name of this person isn't gonna mind. But it was a player, so Phil Rauk. Oh yeah. You know Phil Rauk. Yep. Okay, so if he ever listens to this, he he'll be okay with it. And I haven't talked to him, but this is the story in my version of it, and this is gonna be pretty close to his. So we're we're playing against uh, God. We're in Canfield Arena. I'm trying to think who would we play. Motor City Chiefs. Motor City Chiefs. That's it. What's his name? The the the. Owner? Yeah. Gary Lulov. Lulov. There he is. So, anyways, we're up there. This is all before a game. So, and I'll get back to Phil in a minute. So, 
Lulav saw all upset with this number five player. I don't know who he, what his name is, but it doesn't matter. But his n- number on that team at that time was number five. He's like, he's defenseman, and I had a defenseman out. And Phil played defenseman. I just sat Phil in Chicago for one of the showcases, and he was all bent out of shape with me. And I was trying to protect him because it was a more physical team. He was tall but thin. I, I didn't think he was that strong yet. Okay, so now I'm back to player number five. He go, Lulav wants to trade for him. And I'm like, what do you want of him? He goes, I don't care. And I said, I'll get, as a joke, I said, I'll give you a box of tape. And Lulav goes, yeah, I'll take it. And I'm like, okay. And I go, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, the kid's not worth a roll of tape, but you're giving me a box. <laughs> I'll take a box. And I'm like, okay. So I tell Mike Robertson, I go, hey, we can trade for this kid and for a box of tape. And he goes, really? Let's do it. I said, okay. He goes, yeah, we got some in the warehouse. We'll just ship them some tape. So we did it. We made the deal right there. And I go, better one yet. I'll even have you uh, um, have him play for you guys tonight so I can watch him play. Because now, because we couldn't do the order till the next day, then that's, he's officially off the roster. So I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know if he had parents. And if he was, I go, put him in the lineup. I want to see him play, but I'll take him. He goes, you haven't seen him play? And I go, I don't care. I go, I'll take him. I mean, with the box of tape, you know, 50 bucks. Of course, I didn't know how much expensive it was, you know, mm-hmm. probably 500 bucks. But anyways, because <laughs> I'm a coach and I have no concept of price. So I'm like, yeah, 10 bucks, you know, whatever. So so we're in a game and 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 it was close. We were, we were up a little bit. And they were, it was getting a little chippy and they ran our goalie, Tony Corsini. I don't know if you remember I him. I remember okay. Tony Rule. So Corsini was sitting there. Bill, they were kind of good friends, was getting pissed. And then uh, uh, Kitzmiller, Ben Kitzmiller, yep. they're all kind of like hanging out buddy friends, you yeah. know. They all went to actually St. Francis, Francis, believe yeah. it or not, which I didn't even know that yeah. at the time. But I knew that, I guess, now. I'm like, God, I didn't even know I had these St. Francis kids on my team. And then uh, Nadoni and all that. So yeah. anyways, I'm sitting there, and, and somebody ran, and Phil kept going, Coach. I want, I want to fight that guy. He's number five. And I went, I went, I went, Phil, sit down. And, you know, he's pissing and moaning. You know, he's he's mad at me. Mm-hmm. So then second period goes on. Hey, coach, I want him. I go, Phil, I'm tired of you asking me if you can fight. No, you can't fight. I said, just sit down. You know, play your game. Don't worry about fighting. We have other guys on the team that are fighters. Ben Metzkiller, uh, Kitzmiller was a good fighter, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, you're not here for, to fight. Yeah, but I want to fight that kid. I'm like, mm. Third period comes on. Coach, we're winning. So there's no reason to try to start some. Coach, I want to fight that kid. Why? He hit, he hit our goalie. I said, I know you and Tony are close, but knock it off. You know, game's the game. We're winning. Let's go out with a W. No one gets hurt, whatever. Coach, I won't lose. I looked at him, and I just started swearing at him. I go, listen, if you go out there and you embarrass yourself, you embarrass the team, you embarrass me, you embarrass your parents, I swear to God, you're never playing hockey again. So if you go out there, I'm letting you fight. And if you fight and you lose, you're done. He goes, when do I go? I go, next shift. <laughs> so he goes out for the next shift, just dismantles this guy. Kinsey and I are like, I didn't know the guy could fight because yeah. he's so quiet. 
So, I mean, he's a banger. He's a playmaker. He can score. He can shoot. He can do it all. But fighting now is on his, you know, his repertoire. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm sitting there, and he just, I mean, put the kid in the hospital. I mean, he, he wow. I don't know if you remember, but he. It I, was remember the, he I remember the fight. That he, he lit, lit him, up. him up. I mean, this kid, and then the. So I so then I go to Luloff after because he owns the team. I'm I'm like uh, I apologize. I didn't know this kid could even fight, let alone be a you know a, a destroyer. So Luloff comes up to me and, and and this is what he says. I go, hey, sorry about that fight. You know they ran our goalie and one kid got took defense to it, and that's his really close buddy. He goes, oh, you don't have to worry about it. your guy just scratched him, and I went. Oh, well, he got off on a stretcher. I thought, well. And he goes, yeah, his nail caught him in the eye, kind of clipped him a little bit. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, so I feel better. But then I'm sitting there thinking, eh, whatever. So I go to, so I tell Kinsey on the bus ride home, you know, I didn't want to burst Rauch's bubble that he beat this guy up, let alone it's a scratch, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of click, clipped him in the eye. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, ah. And I go to Kinsey. I go, yeah, he just scratched him in the eye. Kinsey goes, I don't know. There's a lot of blood. There's, I don't know if that was a scratch. So we go up to Frazier for the uh, – for the um, uh, there's a showcase up there next weekend. And we're up in Frazier or wherever, Flint. No, we're in Flint. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there, and I see – the Motor City kid, number five, sitting there because I didn't trade for him after that. So I'm sitting there, and he's sitting there, and his eye and his face and his jaw is all swollen up. And I oh go to Luloff, I go, where in the hell is the scratch at? And he goes, well, I didn't want to tell you in front of all my parents that he got his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> his oh. face, and I go to Phil, I go, oh, did you? I go, you better apologize. He goes, hey, Pod, don't touch my goalie. And I said, and I said to Kinsey, go, you know, that kid might make it, let alone he went to, you know, playing the East Coast and stuff. Yep. That's why I said I think I can say this story because I don't mention names much. Yeah. Especially when I tell them the actual story. Burry and Bujaki will tell you the other side of that story, what what, what, what happened after we left. But anyways. Okay. Well, I tell you what, this has been a blast. I thank you for doing this. Uh, I look forward to uh, that next edition. That'll be fun. But uh, that's going to do it here for episode 82 of the Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget, please subscribe. You can uh, just put in whatever, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, whatever MP3 media player you use. Uh, Be sure to just subscribe, Cherokee Rewind, and they will. You can download every new episode that drops. You'll be able to. uh, You'll be able to listen. So uh, for Chris, I am Nick. Man, has this been fun? Smile. I'm telling you, man, I'm laughing. My ribs hurt. Anyhow, hey, you've been uh, thanks for listening in because uh, you've been listening to the Cherokee Rewind. We'll talk to you next time right here.